a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Next is now. So it is time for Next is Now as we try to look ahead and see what it means right now. And as we are on the countdown clock to the final deadline for U.S. troop withdrawal from Afghanistan, we are literally 23 hours and nine minutes away uh, from that moment. And as we try to look ahead, kind of the next is now portion of that is what what does happen next? Uh, do we have any leverage uh, with the Taliban? Can we do anything to help those left inside of Afghanistan? And so we're going to break all of that down uh, over the next few minutes to figure out what does this all mean moving forward? Uh, because what is next? I don't know that anyone has really articulated exactly what that is or look looks like. Uh, National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan uh, said on Sunday uh, that the U.S. has leverage with the Taliban to ensure we get our citizens home safely. We do believe that the United States of America possesses substantial leverage to ensure that American citizens and others get safe passage out of that country, and that if they do not, we can bring to bear enormous pressure on the Taliban with a swift and forceful response to their blocking any American citizen, whether before August 31st or after August 31st. That's not about trust. That's about the capabilities we have to hold the Taliban to the commitments that they have voiced directly and the commitments that they have made publicly. Okay, there's a lot of interesting pieces in that statement from Jake Sullivan, again, from the administration, the National Security Advisor. And it actually reminds me of his predecessor, one of his predecessors, H.R. McMaster, who said that this is always a a war of will, is always the test. And so while Jake Sullivan uh, very emphatically said that we do have leverage on the Taliban, that we can pressure the Taliban. Uh, We can have a forceful response uh, if uh, people who are trying to get out of the country are not allowed to or if things are are going sideways. The question is not whether we can. The, The question is, do we have the will to do that? So let's look at next. Uh, If next were now, if this were next week at this time and there was a group trying to get out of Afghanistan that was uh, being held uh, or inhibited from leaving the country, uh, what do we do? Is that a drone strike? Is that a a group going in? Uh, What is that? What does that look like? What are we willing to do uh, in in terms of that effort? And, And I think that's where it's easy uh, to use the the bumper sticker slogans in terms of what we could could do, what we have the capacity to do, but that's not what the Taliban's worried about. What the Taliban's saying is, we don't think you have the will to do it. Uh, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken uh, said that the international community has come together, leverage again. They're talking about what's next. Uh, said that they had penned a letter to the Taliban telling them they want them to allow people to leave the country after 
August 31st. Listen to Secretary Blinken. We don't take the Taliban at their word. We take them uh, by their deed, and that's what we're going to be looking to. We have more than 100 countries, 114 countries, who signed on to a statement we initiated uh, making clear the international community expects the Taliban to make good on a commitment to let people continue to leave the country after August 31st. That freedom of travel is essential to the international community's expectations of the Taliban going forward. Okay, this this one, um, a letter a letter to the Taliban saying, we want you to allow people to leave the country. So while, yes, that is nice that 114 countries signed on to a statement saying that we expect you, the Taliban, to make good on the commitment to allow people to leave the country. Uh, I don't think there's a, a shred of binding fabric in there. I don't think there is uh, a smidgen of anything that the Taliban would read or take seriously in that kind of letter. That is not how they roll. And you have to understand, you have to understand, uh, this is a communication principle that I have taught to business executives around the world. It's really simple. When you communicate, we usually communicate in the way that makes sense to us. But the only thing that matters is can you make it make sense to the person you're communicating with? The Taliban, having a written letter delivered to the Taliban, one, I want to know who it was delivered to and who did they take it to and who did they take it to and who read it and what did they do about it? The Taliban does not communicate through letters. They do not function as a result or in response or reaction to a group of nations saying, play nice. There is no history of that. There is no evidence of that. Uh, and so while I do think that's nice for the 114 countries to say, we're, we're united in wanting you to be nice and let people leave the country after the 31st, uh, I do not think that is communicating in a way that makes sense to the Taliban. Uh, we used to always use the joke of, you know, it's like the unarmed British Bobby yelling stop or I'll yell stop again. And that's not going to work in this scenario. And the Taliban is not going to respond to that kind of it's not even a threat. It's not even a warning shot. It's not even a leverage point. Uh, it was a letter saying we expect you to keep your commitment to allow people to leave the country. Uh, that's that's a really hard reality, uh, and it puts many lives at risk, and that's unfortunate. Uh, I want to go back to former uh, National Security Advisor H.R. McMaster, who said we're pretending the Taliban is our partner in this. Uh, again, this was on NBC Meet the Press on Sunday. We're pretending that we can partner with the Taliban for security around the Kabul airport or we can partner with the Taliban for security against al-Qaeda when those two organizations are completely intertwined. What I would like to see is our government stop pretending and a really good way to honor our servicemen and women who gave their lives on, on a modern day frontier between barbarism and civilization is to, is to end our self-delusion and confront the reality that this endless war, this forever war has not ended. 
So, again, that was H.R. McMaster. So that's part of what's next. Uh, we can't pretend uh, who's with us and who is not. Uh, I want to close out. This was uh, Senator Romney uh, on uh, State of the Union with Jake Tapper uh, talking about the refugees because that is going to be the reality as part of what is next. Uh, what do we do with refugees? Are we prepared? And what are willy, we willing to do next for those who stood alongside us in Afghanistan? We have a moral responsibility, and, uh, and in keeping with our national character, we welcome people into our country who seek asylum, uh, and, and those particularly who have fought alongside our troops and have enabled our troops to have a higher degree of safety than they would have had otherwise, that those are people to whom we owe a debt of gratitude, and we would welcome them into our country. Look, I, I think it's one of the characteristics of our great nation that we are a nation that welcomes with open arms our friends from around the world. I, for one, uh, am very pleased that we're going to have individuals that come to our country that can contribute to America uh, and, uh, and believe in the principles upon which our nation was founded. There are many questions that we still have to get to uh, in these closing hours now uh, before the withdrawal is to be completed in Afghanistan, and we do have to look at what is coming next because it will be everything from refugees. There could well be a humanitarian crisis within the borders of Afghanistan. We have all of the geopolitical impact that that brings with it. We also have uh, friends around the world who are wondering what our commitment is to them. We have foes around the world who are trying to use this moment as a way to flex their muscle and improve their position in the world. And we just have to make sure that we're looking at this from a little different lens a little bigger lens, not the partisan lens, not the political lens, uh, not who's going to win what election lens. Uh, We have to get to what do we want to happen next lens. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do? in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.